Hi, I'm Aleem and welcome to This Side of 40. Now, today I want to talk about something that's seen a remarkable growth over the last few decades, but still seems to have ridiculously high levels of stigma associated with it. The question really, I guess, is why? Welcome to This Side of 40 Talks. Well, talk therapy. So let's begin with the basics, all right? What on earth is talk therapy? Well, the term talking therapy pretty much covers all the psychological therapies that involve a person talking to a therapist about their problems. It's as simple as that. If you're talking to a therapist, if you're talking to somebody, it's talk therapy. I mean, there's a variety of talk therapies as well. Um, some of these are like counseling, which is basically the the basic entry level of uh, talk therapy. So you you speak with a therapist, they hear you out and give you feedback, this kind of business. There's cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, where you work towards freeing yourself of unhelpful behavior patterns. There's psychodynamic psychotherapy, where you kind of do it like a deep dive into the past and see how that's affecting you in your present. There's family therapy, relationship therapy, and so on and so forth. So there's quite a bit that comes under talk therapy. I mean, the therapies are meant to help with a variety of issues. Uh, You might have heard of some of them, uh, depression, anxiety, panic attacks, phobias, obsessive compulsive disorders, that's OCDs, PTSDs, some eating orders like bulimia, and quite a few others. So in a nutshell, that's what talk therapy is. So now you know, okay? But here's the funny thing about talk therapy. It has a bit of a rep. Yeah, just a little bit. Let, let's do a little bit of role play, just you and me. Yeah, mine out of the gutter, please. Thank you very much. So if you were to come up to me and say, hey, I have this really weird feeling in my knee that's making it hard to walk and a strange clicking sound emanating from it whenever I try and do a squat. And if I was to respond by saying, weird flex, no pun intended, but okay, I know this amazing orthopedic doctor, I'll send you his contacts. How would you respond? Or if you were to come up to me and say, for some reason my left eye seems to be a little hazy, my right eye can only see blue and not any other colour. And if I were to say... I have no idea why people are randomly sharing their health issues with me, but I do know a really good ophthalmologist. You should see him. Again, no pun intended. How would you respond? Chances are, in both instances, you're probably going to be really, really, really appreciative of me, aren't you? You're probably going to see me as your best friend, or maybe not see me in the case of the second person. Offer to name your first grandchild after me, right? Something like that. Close enough, I suppose. Now picture this while we're still doing our role play. If you were to happen to mention the high levels of stress in your life and the fact that sometimes even doing normal mundane tasks fills you with anxiety, and if I were to respond by saying, hey, I know a really good therapist. I'll share their contacts with you. How would you respond? I'm going to take a guess at this. Not well. I mean, for most people, and I'm assuming you're pretty much like that, it's seen as a bit of an affront, really. I mean, 
It's like an immediate accusation that you're absolutely not in control of your own mental faculties and must be sent to the loony bin straight away. It's it's that's exactly how it feels. Every time I tell somebody that maybe you know, I know a good therapist, maybe she can help. It's it's like what are you saying, man? Look at me with weird eyes, or or alternately, it'll be that shying away, like oh no, I don't have a scar. No, no, I'm fine. I'll be okay. It's weird. The question is why? Why is that the reaction to therapy? I mean, it certainly can't be because you doubt it works, because you know there's a plethora of studies that have shown that talk therapy is at least as effective, if not more effective, as pharmaceutical interventions. And if a doctor was to ask you to pop a couple of pills. You wouldn't like recoil in disgust, but、well, probably wouldn't anyway. So why the disgust at just simply talking to someone? I mean, granted, there's a fair amount of stigma here, but but why though? I guess it's a cultural thing. It possibly is, you know, the need for perfection and not to bring shame on the family. I don't know if your culture is like that. I can I can see mine actually. I can understand that from my cultural upbringing. If you're not mentally, I, I don't know, confident, comfortable, you would bring shame onto the family. I don't know. It's like the idealized version of perfection, as it would be. I mean, there's a long-standing illusion that anyone who sees a therapist has a mental disease. The truth is, though, I guess most of the people who see a therapist. Most likely, are just dealing with difficult life transitions, you know, like divorce and health challenges and family death and relocation, work stress, family parenting issues, that kind of stuff. You know, the mundane stuff. It doesn't have to be that you're going there because you have a mental disease. I mean, take me in as an example. Okay, I wouldn't recommend, by and large, taking me as an example for anything, but in this case. Use it. I started seeing a therapist last year because I had what I felt like were unresolved issues after a terrorist attack, and I figured nine years was just way too long to be carrying that around. Plus, I really had like zero emotional intelligence. I mean, zero. I could pass an emotion on the street. I wouldn't even notice it. Like happiness, what's that? Sadness, no idea. Anger, really? Don't know. So I figured I'd talk to someone, and so I did. It hardly sounds like the actions of a crazy person, does it? No. Maybe it's because there are a lot of questions surrounding therapy. Okay, what really happens in that room? What do they do? Will I still be myself when I leave? If I go to a therapist, does that mean I'm weak or a failure? What will others think? What if I'm seen coming out of that kind of an office? Okay. Let me try and work on those again, purely from my personal experiences. So, what happens in that room? What do they do? Okay, I'll tell you what happened. The first session I went in,、um, I went, met with a therapist,、um, sat down, <laughs> which is a good start, isn't it? Yeah, you know that couch thing where you're lying down. Apparently that doesn't really happen. You sit, you have a chat.、Um, if your therapist is any good, they'll probably just start off by asking you to give a little bit of background about yourself, and then they'll ask you, "So what brings you here?" Well, if if you went there because you knew exactly what brought you there, good for you. I, on the other hand, had no clue. 
I, I wasn't sure why I was actually there. I, I did know I had a little bit of, um, of some trauma and I wanted to explore a little bit more about whether I could get in touch with my emotional intelligence. But even wording that out was a bit of a challenge for me. So I had no idea. So don't worry, if you're not entirely sure yourself, it's all good. It really is. And therapist puts you at ease, asks you a couple of questions, figures out where you are, figures out what's bugging you, that kind of a thing. And it's a chat. You're just simply talking. I mean, you do that with your family members anyway, right? Um, there's no judgment on the part of the therapist, never is. There's no um, eyebrow raising, none of that business. What happens? What do they do? You talk. That's pretty much all you do. You might get a bit of homework at the end of it, maybe. But aside from that, you're just chatting. Next question. Will I still be myself? Yeah. Maybe you'll be a better version of yourself, but you are you. I don't think I've actually changed um, over the last year. I'm still me. I know that. Um, I might have a different, a few different ways of looking at things and dealing with things, but it's still me. Bad sense of humor. Terrible voice, but it's still me. Next question. Does that mean I'm weak or a failure? Do you know, I, I don't think so, huh? personally. But I can understand why you would, eh? Especially if you're a man. I mean, I hate to be gender-specific, but if you're a man and you're this side of 40, alphaness is what we strive for. It's what we're built to be. We're built to be the alphas, the top dogs. Any sign of weakness, anything whatsoever, is just not allowed. It really isn't. Especially not mental weakness, things to do with emotion. Heck no. That then be things that women deal with. At least that's the attitude that we had. So I can understand why you think you're weak or a failure, but think about it this way. If you went to a doctor, if you went to a cardiologist and said, Do you know, I think there's a bit of a problem with my heart, and he looked at you, did a few tests, and said, okay, this, that, whatever, gave you some medication, would you feel like you're weak or a failure? No, probably not, No. So why would you see this as being weakness or a symptom of failure? I, I can understand. There is a fair bit of stigma to it. I'm just saying, chances are you're missing out on being a better person purely because of the stigma involved. I'll work through the example again. Yeah? Um, I, I feel like I'm a bit more empowered by what I've done in my therapy. Um, I feel... I can actually understand emotions a little bit. I'm not great by any stretch of the imagination, but it's better, much better. At least, I mean, the therapist helped a lot. She gave me a cheat sheet. <laughs> it's like a wheel that has emotions on it. So at least I know what I'm dealing with. So I can point to one and say, that is me. And then we work around it. So it has helped. It's helped me. This year has been crazy for me. I had a uh, had about three family members, very close, my grandmother, father and brother, all passed away within a six-month period. There is no chance, I know this for a fact, there is no chance I'd be a regular standing, functioning member of society if it wasn't for the help I'd received in therapy. I'm not going to say that talk therapy is like a silver bullet that fixes everything, far from it. I, I guess what I'm saying is if you opt not to do it, 
Don't let it be because you're worried about what anyone else says or thinks. Do you get me? I mean, the number of people I've met over the last year that are struggling is huge. Financial issues, family issues. I, I, I know two people whose spouses are going through some serious health issues as well. I don't know, maybe it's because I've been attending the wrong parties, eh? Maybe. Or maybe there really is a big problem, which, for the record, most institutes believe there is. It's, it's sort of like a mental health epidemic of sorts. That alone should make you feel comfortable in knowing you're really not alone. Yeah, you know, it's true, you're not. It, it, there's a lot, there's a lot of people who are going through the same thing you and I are. By extension, should make you feel comfortable in doing something about it. Even if it's just to say, well, I tried to do something about it, right? So there is that level of satisfaction internally where you say, ah, well, I tried, I failed, what am I going to do? So even if it's just to say you tried, try. I mean, ultimately, it's your call, eh? I'd be more than glad to chat with you in the comment section and point you in the right direction if you feel you want to give it a shot. Judgment-free, of course, because I don't do any judgment. I think it's important. If you want to give it a shot, I'd like to help. If you like this pod, please remember to subscribe to the platform so you don't miss an episode or blog. Just click on the subscribe button and you'll get a mail each time we post anything so you never miss anything. And if you feel this particular episode could help anyone who may be struggling, do share the link. And that's about it from this side of 40.